Hey everybody, it's Sleep Clay of Asleep here. Worst nickname ever. Just a heads up before we get started. We've got Armin Salamati, an old friend, someone I've missed playing shows with in Abide By Me. Then we cover After Hour Animals, his solo work, and the After Hour Animals reunion. That reunion's happening now, so you can hear more about it at the links in the description. We cover the scene as addiction, the scene as family, the scene as community, a place of inexplicable belonging, but also a place to help others find themselves with heavy music. We also get the chance to dream big about future shows post-COVID. We got plenty of shout-outs for Tom Hyde. Lively, Big Bob, Jack Daly, A Night at the Chalet, Kane and Abel, and more. Also, regenerated. The real ones know. As always, I want to thank Kyle for hosting this thing with me. Steve, thank you for producing this thing. Without you, this would be an iPhone voice memo. And thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks for commenting and sharing. Anybody uh, that's expressed interest in the show, we're starting to get some interaction. It's very exciting. And now Kyle is shelled out to put this thing on Spotify and iTunes, so you can now listen to Death of a Scene Kid on those platforms. And our quest continues to reanimate dead scene kids in the greater Milwaukee area. If going to shows here meant something to you, come talk to us. Tell your story. We're actually hoping to reunite some bands if we can. If they can't do a reunion show proper, then at least that maybe they can come talk to us. There's one I'm excited about. I haven't seen those guys since Sleep Therapist Lee played way too many shows with them. We'll see if a million schedules get coordinated to make it happen. Anyway, we'll keep you posted on that, and here's today's episode. If you ever caught Vale at Old Orchard, if you prefer sidekicks in MySpace to iPhones and Facebook, if the words Coma Eternal mean anything to you, if you experience no shock listening to Fall Out Boy after Misery Signals, if you consider yourself dead in the wake of an early adulthood devoted entirely to the Shorewood Legion Hall, this show is for you. You're on the guest list, the doors are open. This is Death of a Scene Kid. Let's open this pit up. Armand Salamati is with us, and uh, yeah, he's going to tell us his story. So basically how we proceed is what we've been doing is trying to bring people back together from this that were part of this. And some people, are a lot of them are still in the music scene. Some of them are not. And we just want to get together what this moment was in music and in our lives that made this impression on us. So I guess, yeah, just if starting in your story, you've got quite a few things you sent over to us. Mm-hmm. Stuff from Abide By Me. Is that like your first band ever? Yep, first one ever. And then Besides you go like into... when you would like, you know when you would like first try and get a band started and you'd get the That's better, what I like... want to hear about. Yeah. I want to hear about the stuff <laughs> yeah, that let's, nobody Let's talk about, about before <laughs> Abide <laughs> By Me. I think, uh, like, yeah, the, the first first band was a band with uh, pretty much all the guys, a couple of the guys from Abide By Me. But my, our, our high school friend, Sully, who I'm still very close with to this day, but he okay. wanted to start his band, and it was supposed to be, like, I think the influences were, like, AFI and, okay. like, stuff like that. All right. And it was called Push to Send, and it was spelled P-S-H-2-S-N-D. Okay. Never did anything besides yes. come up with a logo and take emo <laughs> pictures, but... And then it was That's all you needed me. to be yeah. a band in the right. MySpace Absolutely, era, yeah. <laughs> you just had a page, and that was it. Exactly. <laughs> but then, yeah, then so technically Abide By Me was, like, the first band. So, the first, like, yeah. there's something real happening. Yeah, we here. started that um, like freshman, freshman year of high school. So it would be like 2009 for me. 2009, so, freshman yeah. year of high school, and what I guess, how do you even like start? This is one of the things that we, you know, especially mm-hmm. the the crazier end of the music that was involved, which is most of the scene that we were a part <laughs> yeah, of, pretty much. Uh, is like, how do you get to like, I'm in high school, to to, I'm gonna like. St- pick up a microphone and just start yelling really loud and make kids punch each other in the face. Dude, like, that was like... Explain I, that to I, me. I, I try and think about that sometimes because like everyone's always like, how'd you like find out that you could like scream yes. and everything? And um, 
I don't know. It was like so. Like there was John Alger, who was uh, like one of my closest friends in high school. Mitch Reitman, um, mm-hmm. close friend. Like oh, you know, yeah. like still all like close friend. I mean, we're not like all super close still, but you know, we keep in touch. We all get together like every blue moon right, and everything. Right. Okay. Um, Where is this? We're at high school. Uh, Brookfield Central. Brookfield Central. So like okay. suburbs, Milwaukee yeah. area. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had this friend uh, Dan. Uh, who went to Brookfield East, uh, who I met through a mutual friend. And, like, Dan played guitar, John played guitar. Um, Mitch, for the longest time, refused to actually admit that he wanted to be in the band with us because he was a punk kid, you know? Like, I'm he, above this. Yeah, like, I mean, like, you know, he was, he was a punk kid, so, like, right. metal wasn't, like, his thing at first. What was like, he listening you know, to, like, um, I mean, he was, he was in this band called, like, The Bredas, and it was, like, like okay. 70s punk, you know? Like, okay. Moans, like, yep. for sure. Okay. I know that was a big influence of his. Um, he was really into, like, the local punk scene, so Mitch okay. was kind of, like, the first one to be into the local scene, and that mm-hmm. was because of, like, his brother uh, and everything. Okay. Um but I don't even, like, I think we just started, like, meeting at John's house and just literally started just, like, going at it. Like, um, just trying to write music together, you know? And like, the, Was there any question of, like, who's going to play what well, instrument? Well, like, we knew, like, John was going to play guitar. Um, Dan was going to play guitar. Uh, Mitch was obviously going to drum. And then, like, it was literally kind of just, like, uh, you have to be the screamer because you, you have <laughs> no musical something. talent whatsoever. So I'm like, okay. I love it. And it was, like, I never knew what, like, it took to be a good, like, screamer or anything. I was just right. like, I'm just going to do this and we're just going to try it out. And then, like, we, like, you know, we record these really crappy demos with another guy that we started playing with named David Coleman. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... Like, the, these songs, like, these recordings were awful. Like, it was, like, the worst garage band recordings you could hear. I think we had a song called Leapfrog with a Unicorn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that, is, that is prime scene. Yeah. Oh, like, that is going to get you some MySpace you know? Yeah, that is. That sure. is around the time <laughs> of Devil Wears Prada, Dogs Can Be oh, Because that, like, yeah. that was, like, a big influence for me, too. I mean, like, my... That was, like, 2006? Yeah. Happened. My main influences were, like... Like Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Um, I it sounds like it's funny because there was nothing like we sound like, but I love this band called Kill Hannah. Yep. Like okay. like super like mm-hmm. emo like kind of like Tokyo Hotel yeah. like okay. like that kind of. Vibe. But you guys didn't sound like that at <laughs> no, all. No, not at all. The, the stuff I was listening to this week from what you know you were sending over, we were talking about this, but um, I was listening to what's the 2012 video you sent? Uh, Non Yava. Yep. Yes, yeah. Yeah. For Abide so, by Me. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was. Jamming, and I was like, I'm picking up like Veil, like yep. kind of proggy, oh, and that's what it ended up becoming. Because like, what? So when we first started, we like, like you know, we were all just kind of like getting into metal mm-hmm. at the time. Um, John and we still had like the like Aaron Gillespie kind of well, John, screamo John was in there super as well. super into Underoath and okay. being a guitar player. He was a, like he had every Underoath DVD you could imagine. Dude looked know? like he was <laughs> in Underoath. And like, <laughs> like definitely, I remember playing shows them. Everyone's like, "Is that dude in Underoath?" <laughs> we like, would talk about like who we wanted to like you know like you're young and you're in high school and like who you looked up to. You know like I was like, well like I'm the Spencer Chamberlain, you're the Aaron Gillespie yeah, kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like we so we just kind of like go start going with that vibe and then like Mitch from being, like, a punk kid, like, saw, like, the technicality of music and everything and, like, okay. got super into, like, like the, you know, like, Texas in July, mm-hmm. August Blues I was going to say ABR. Yeah. third thing I had. And, like, our first couple songs that we recorded with Cherry Pit were very, like, just, like, like I guess, like, you know, like, <clears throat> underoath influence, but we didn't really know what we were doing, and it wasn't until, like, uh, we started recording at 608 Studios, um, 
Derek like, Moffat. I've, wow, yeah. I've been working yeah. with Derek for a very long time. But yeah. we started record. We recorded a couple songs there, and like we were kind of like a joke in the scene for a while. I felt like, like you know, we were like the young kids, like that nobody gave like a like a crap yep. about. And it wasn't until everybody we put out, has to start. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, like it wasn't until we put out the the music video and the song for that. Um, uh, that song Non Yava mm-hmm. yeah. that like people were like that's like that was the first time I ever realized that like people really liked us and everything yeah. like that in the scene yeah. and like that like was a big like kind of game changer I feel like for us and like ev- like us as musicians and like yes. band members yep. and everything like that and then like all of a sudden people just like gave a shit about Abide By Me mm-hmm. like it went from like I remember one <laughs> show we played at the Lugman <clears throat> Community Center we were oh, getting man, food thrown at us at one In point. Mequon, I yeah, well, it was yeah. a great place to play. <laughs> like literally, like we we opened up the show and we were getting food thrown at us at that show because we were awful. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, one day I remember getting um, a MySpace message, or maybe like this was early Facebook days, but like a message from like Ian asking us to play like a sleep therapist sleep show. Nice. And it was just like, like I was like, what? We went from people like hating us to like now there's kids singing along to us and everything. Yeah. And, like. That was the coolest thing. Like, I'll always hold Abide By Me as, like... How did you... I, right here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... You're good. Part of me wants to, like, ask, like... Because that's, like, a long road from, like, Oh, yeah. People are throwing stuff at us. Yeah, yeah. Nobody I, wants to... Yeah. Like, how do you endure it? Like, what's motivating you to continue? And what? why are you, like, I have to do this? Well, I always remember... I always took things so personally and so to heart and everything okay. like that. And, like, it took Mitch kind of, like, sitting me down and being like, dude... Who gives a shit? You know, like, yeah. okay. people are going to hate on us regardless of what we're doing and everything like that. Yeah. Like, whatever. That's just kind of part of it, kind of a thing, you know? And it was, like, it was like the older guys that were, like, um, you know, like, really into, like, the super, like, deathcore, super heavy. Because yes. we weren't like that. Right. We had singing, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. We had, like, calm parts. Like, I listened back to some of the first Abide By Me songs, and we had spoken word parts. And I thought about, like, during the time, like, I'm like, not many bands really had spoken word parts when, yeah. like, we were, like, Doing yeah. that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but like all the guys that like, you know, like I remember that like used to like hate on a bye by me. I mean like that was just like the like I feel like kind of like an initiation into the scene almost back yeah, in the day. Yeah, there's like a hazing. It was kind of, of yeah. Yeah, it was, like, half, so, uh, half I'm, was terrible. I'm more brutal than you. Exactly. Because like half the people that it. like even like start off hating us, I would see like wearing a Bye Bye Me shirts and would be like super nice to me and everything right. like that. So like, yeah. I don't know. like they, they got your shirt, they got into the scene and then they realized these guys are the real cool guys and they don't like this. So I'll like kind of... You know, oh yeah. I like, mean, <laughs> like, sometimes the scene, like I mean like more so when you're like starting off in it, like you know like... And, I don't know, like, it's, it is kind of like, it's like high school kind of thing, like, you're the new kids, like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, these, there's these 16-year-old kids, and then there's, like, these bands that have, like, been in the scene for longer, and that, like, you know, like, tour and stuff like that, or, like, that, like, play big shows, or do whatever, um, especially, like, back then, like, no bands really toured, you know, like, they do, like, at least, like, before COVID and everything, like, I remember, like, when a local band would go on tour, it was, like, the biggest deal, right, yeah, like, it was, like, like, that band was, like, a big, fucking yeah. deal like yeah. and that was like I don't know like so I don't know I feel like it was like kind of like an initiation kind of a thing mm, yes. I mean like you gotta pay your dues but I mean there's a reality of you start and you're not good at this no yeah, one right. just naturally picks oh yeah up. I think about some of early Abide By Me shows and it's like I can't believe we went on stage like that you know like I can't believe we showed up to venues and would walk up to like the headlining band and be like hey dude can we borrow your cab like yeah. <laughs> like oh man that's yeah. wild to think about like Oh, man. But, I mean, like, you know, it's everyone pays their dues and all yeah. that. So, I mean, like, I loved every second of a Bye Bye mm-hmm. Me. Yeah!
it was such a blast. And then, like, mm-hmm. you know, people just started going their separate ways and mm-hmm. everything. But, yeah. I mean, like, even before that, we met, um, we had J.J. Kaiser join the band. Yeah, I remember JJ. that. And I can't even, I couldn't speak highly enough about J.J. Like, that, like, kid is, one, I remember when he, like, like, he tried out for Abide By Me. Like, I didn't, I wasn't at the trial, but I remember calling John being like, oh, like, how do you do? And he was like, dude, he, he ripped it. Like, he yeah. sat down and he kicked ass at it, you know, and he was such an awesome addition. And like, like that's, I, it was like, Abide By Me started getting me to meet more people in the scene, like, meeting yes. different people and everything, and our reputation of, like, being, like, a more known band and everything got even me to be, like, asked to go to Cody Ratley's studio and record vocals on these demos that became the first After Our Animals songs. Yep. Mm. So... That was really cool. I mean, like, everything just kind of, like, lines up kind of a thing. So a Bye Bye Me is, like, your gateway into yeah. the scene. Absolutely. And yeah. the people you're bringing into the band are people that are going to be important mm-hmm. later in your story. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Did you feel like it was the band itself was kind of like, this is the band of brothers? Or was it more like the band, but also, like, friends outside the band? Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was the, the band and, like, friends outside of it, too, okay. and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, you know, growing up... Um, you know, like, you know what it's like to be in a band when you're in high school, you know, and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, like, issues here and there and whatever. You're just dumb kids, you know, oh, yeah. going off and everything. And I, I definitely think it's, like, I mean, because of Abide By Me, I mean, like, Mitch ended up being asked to play in a band called Cross Me. Yep. You know, um, I'm pretty sure there's still a band. Like, there's so. I kind of, like, on a, like, a, not, I, think I mean, because of COVID, maybe. I feel like, yeah. you know, like that. And yeah. not to mention, like, Mitch has got, like, a bunch of other musical projects, mm-hmm. but, um... Because of that, you know, everybody got all these opportunities. I mean, like, JJ got to play in all these different awesome bands that he started. He mm-hmm. got to be, he, JJ ended up playing in, like, a band called Aracy. Yep. Which I remember oh, JJ yeah, always, was... like, loved going to Aracy shows before that, you yeah. know? And, yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Abide By Me was definitely, like, like I don't want to, like, say, like, it, I think it was a staple in the music scene. But a part of me definitely thinks mm-hmm. that Abide By Me yeah. definitely had, like, a little chapter, mm-hmm. like, in the Milwaukee metal scene and everything oh, yeah. that people remember, yeah. so. I feel like there was an era where it was, like, you guys, us, Kane and Abel were on, oh, like, every man together, you know? I love that, dude. I, I mean, like, especially times. when I got into the scene and everything, and, like, I remember seeing Sleep play at Summerfest, and that was such a like I remember watching you guys play and being like, I want to play shows with these guys. Like yeah. I like I still to this day will prove to everybody that Pariah's Vow is the perfect metal <laughs> album. Like wow, I think, that's high like, praise. I dude, I I still <laughs> jam it. Objectively like, incorrect praise, but <laughs> I appreciate what you're trying to say. I, I love it. You know, I mean, like there was so much of uh, like a bye bye me got me to meet so many people. It got me to meet uh, the guys in Wolves. Dude, which yeah. were a really awesome band. Yeah, I even yeah. got to fill in and do vocals for them for a couple shows. Um, because of Abide By Me, I met somebody like Jack Daly, who is like a yes. lifelong friend, and you know? Yes. Um, Jack Daly has touched everyone in this <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jack Daly's been a Literally huge part of my probably life. That's going to be the like, conclusion of this podcast. We, I think it's swear like, to God, we, we got to get Jack, Jack, <laughs> Jack Daly on this. Plot twist, you guys changed the name to the Jack Daly. The Jack Daly. The Jack Daly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect tie. I'm not ruling that out. Yeah. So. Right. Oh. so you've got okay. You start with Nun- with this. You build up. And now you've got Nunyava, and it's at around. So it actually is a little bit before that comes out that you're on the SSS reun- or reunion show. It was a little. Uh, at, was it? Think like right before we put out that EP, mm-hmm. we got on the sleep like, like a similar reunion. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember we got you on a track. 
You yes. did captured in sentence. Oh man, yeah. this is like one of the most embarrassing things in my life. <laughs> I recorded that with you, and then like at a reunion show, I went up to do it, and I just came out like thirty seconds too early. But then so you then, saved it. So then I was just like awkwardly on just stage, a record like, scratch. I am here, guys. <laughs> it worked and out. And I was like, now's my. <laughs> <laughs> that oh dude, that was that was so. I remember playing that show, and at the time, that was the biggest show I'd ever played, and I. I I remember you thinking to myself like because up until that show I always was like man I like you know we play like good size shows like you know like 40 50 kids here and there like it's pretty sure. cool and that show I think it was like somewhere over 200 people mm-hmm. like if like it was at capacity for yeah, that show yeah it was and I remember just like looking out at like the part where you came out when you came out for the right part <laughs> <laughs> it was like I remember looking into the crowd and seeing what was the like a massive like pit like and yes. I remember just staying there, being like, "Yeah, this cool. is this like, is what and it's I just, about." Like, was I rode off that high of that show for probably a week? Like, awesome. I just was so stoked about that. I and, love that. Like after that, like that is definitely like with that and that our like self titled EP coming out. Yeah. That's when people really like like got into abide by me. Yeah. Nice. Um, we ended up playing like. All these, like, people were asking us to headline shows. Like, people wanted to play for Abide By Me. People, like, ended up, like, asking me to do, like, features on, like, Sweet. songs mm. and everything. Yeah. And it was really cool. And, like, we... Another really cool show was at my favorite venue <coughs> that every time I drive past it, I just, like, have, like, a little single tear come down. But it was the Borg Ward. Yes. And we played with um, Render the Wastelands... Watch okay. the Skyline Burn and okay. Before the War. And it was such a cool show. Mm-hmm. Like nice. and like it was just kinda of like I feel like this was like it was like right after Sleep broke up. So then yeah. it was just like Abide by Me, Narrow Hearts. Yes. And then like, you know, like Before the War was coming up and mm-hmm. like a couple other bands and everything. So it was like that was like kind of like Abide by Me's like height. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. And like we were playing these shows and then uh Bye Bye Me was done. Yeah. Like, it just kind of, like, out of nowhere. Yeah, what um, happened with that? You know, like, again, it's kind of like the, the growing up thing. Mm-hmm. You know, people go yeah. different ways. Um, I I started writing with these guys, um, Nick Jurgeloff and Brandon Dent. Mm-hmm. And we started, uh, I started recording vocals with at Cody Ratley's studio called The Granary. Okay, and, right. um, like, when I was kind of recording that, I, I honestly just kind of, like, stopped, like, I was working full-time at, like, a management job that I was really stoked on and everything. And I just, it just kind of came my time to not be a part of Abide By, Abide by Me. And mm-hmm. at the time, I was pretty bummed about it and, yeah. like, pretty heartbroken. But, like, looking back on it now, it was definitely, like, definitely something that had to happen. Mm. So do you think, like, after, like, Abide By Me broke up, like, you realized, like, I want to do music? Like, Absolutely. this this is what, I, like, after kind of seeing everything, you're like, this is what I have to do. Yeah, definitely. And I think I took advantage of the fact that I had a band like a Bye Bye Me. Because I, like, I got to the point where, like, you know, I was like, oh, I can't make it to practice. Sorry, guys. Can't make yeah. it to practice. But I'll meet you at the show, you know, kind yeah. of a thing. And I kind of, I, I kind of was, like, in my head. I kind of let the, like, a Bye Bye Me being the shit get to my head mm-hmm. kind of a okay. thing for a minute. And then that was another thing that was very, like, humbling. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like a, hey, just remember, just because, like, you know, a lot of people like you and everything, it doesn't last forever yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, that moment of the scene didn't last forever, I think, too. Yeah. and like part of it. But you were, so you took a management job, and you're just like, this is kind of. Yeah, and, like, I was young. I was, like, 
18, 19, so I was, like, in this management position where I was getting offered, like, my own store and stuff Oof. at one point and everything. Man. So I was really focused on this job, and then, like... Is part of you also thinking, like, look, I'm in high school, and I did this thing in high school... But that was just, this is just a yeah, high school I, like, thing. This was, like, like right, this was to... right, like, when I was, like, starting college and everything, too. So, okay. like, I don't know. I was just, like, I, I guess I didn't know what I wanted kind mm-hmm. of thing. Even yeah. with music. I knew I wanted to play music, but I didn't know what I wanted. I loved Abide By Me, but at the same time, I was kind of clashing with the guys because they wanted to be, like, you know, techier and, mm-hmm. like, and everything. And I wanted to be something more... Like not mainstream, mm-hmm. but like Accessible. more, like, yeah, you know, like yeah. like more marketable kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, not that like techie isn't marketable, right? But um, after Animals came around, and it was like this, this like Nick Jurjoloff, he just like this guy came out of nowhere, and I'm like, all right, I'll hear these demos, I hear how they sound, and he just had this way of writing music, and it was like. Like, when we first started, it was, like, this, like, dance, Gavin, dance meets being as an ocean. Okay. And, like, this is right when I'm, like, getting into yeah. bands like being as an ocean where they've got those, like, really sad boy parts, you yes. know, where it's, like, a guy, like, and I loved her and blah, blah, you know, kind of yeah. a thing. And, like, I thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah. So, like, after, like, when Abide By Me, like, because I kept telling the guys in After Animals, like, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then after I was no longer a part of Abide By Me, I was like, yep, let's do this, yep. let's do this. Yes. And we just kind of started... Going right into it. And it was, people were really receptive to it, especially because, like, a lot of people said that there wasn't a band like that in the scene. This mm-hmm, is, like, at yeah. a time where I feel like metalcore was more so kind of like dying out in a sense. Yeah. And it was more like yeah. either you're in deathcore or you're going to be one of those bands that's now, like, in this new, like, hard, like, hardcore was like, gaining. Bar rock you know, or like, it was hardcore. literally like at the time where metal was, like, dying out or, like, metalcore you were either in like a deathcore band or you in a hardcore and band. hardcore was yes. like the thing yeah you know like and that yeah. was like the, that's what ruled the heavy scene yep. and that yeah. like like you know like especially like cross me coming mm-hmm. up uh expire yeah. stone expire, you know like yeah, yeah stone and all of them like it was just like this like that was the thing yep. so like being in after our animals it was definitely like we were we had this different thing about us like that mm-hmm. i feel like people liked because it, like we didn't fit in the what in was the old metalcore you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i remember we played this show one time with um Expire, Cross Me, Township, you know, Ooh, like it was like a really man. weird, but like we just didn't fit the bill at right. all because we were like, a, again at the time, like a dance, Gavin dance band with like yeah. spoken word. Yeah. So it with was inappropriately brutal yeah, breakdowns. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, like every that's, once in a while we just that's throw my in impression, like, by the way. like, oh, let's just throw this like, you know, classic 2009 breakdown in here because yes. like people love that, you yeah. know? So, but what I loved about it is it wasn't, and this is kind of funny because it's just my impression now. Like, and for Steve, we had the same thing where I was like, oh, you were in this thing called Antics, and I didn't know anything about this. And I, like, this whole era of, like, music history <laughs> is, like, lost to me because I'm off doing whatever I'm doing. So then when I come back to this and, you know, we reconnect, I'm listening to what you're doing, and I'm just like, dude, this is, like, it's almost, it's more like Coheed and Cambria than A Day to Remember. Like, it's, it, the the metal and and pop kind of elements mm-hmm. don't mesh oh, yeah. in this like right. fantastic way. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you have like I love all the screaming stuff you're able to achieve. Like you have this like really staticky sound for some of the songs. And then there's also like this pitched screaming. Where I'm just oh, yeah. like Thanks, there's all dude. kinds <laughs> of cool stuff happening right. that I like missed out on. So yeah, I'm really glad to go back and it was, dive into this catalog. It was cool to like be able to like, you know, just kinda like go off 
with like, cause like with like with the bye bye me, like you know, obviously like I had creative control. I wrote mm-hmm. the lyrics and everything. Yeah. Um, John, well, John and I would write lyrics together and everything, but for the most part, like a lot of time, Mitch would be like, you know, like this is the tone you should have, like this is the style of scream you should do, you should mm-hmm. stick to. It. And I'd be like, okay, cool, cool. And then with after our animals, they were like, go nuts. Yeah. You know, like do your thing, and like which is awesome. Like it's two different bands, two different styles, and everything. Right. But it was. It was so cool just to be able to be like, I can go really, really low, and then I can yell. And they were right. like, yeah, do it. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm like, okay, Let's cool. Let's see what happens. Like, yeah. And I'm like, um, like, okay, so, like, and, like, yeah. Nick would write, like, a lot of the lyrics and everything, and he'd be like, here's the part, and this is the pattern. And I'd be like... Is Nick the singer? Yeah. Okay. Like, at the time, he only played guitar. And Where did he I feel like he came out of nowhere. <clears throat> nowhere. Like, he just looked like, like Geneva and just liked playing music. Yep. Okay, yeah. sweet. And then we had this guy, Chase Hoffman, at the time, who would sing, so Nick would play the guitar parts. But then after Chase ended up leaving after our animals, uh, Nick was like, I really want to sing. And I'd like had never heard him sing before. So mm-hmm. I was like, Okay, dude. Like, I mean you write the singing part, so I I mean we'll check it out. Right. Yeah. And then like I heard him sing and I'm like, God, you have a really good voice. Like Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And he knows what he's doing. With cool. It too. Yeah, definitely. And like yeah. he's just he's one of those people that like he puts his mind to something and he can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, and he's definitely somebody that's, like, pushed me a lot. Like, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have learned to do those, like, um, the, like, the, the pitch, like, screaming, you mm-hmm, know, yes. where, like, like, the Ali Sykes style and yep. everything like that. That's the, definitely the vibe, too, like, and you and I both, I think, were very much influenced by Bring Me the Horizon, even back in Abide by Me. Absolutely. Back, uh, Bring Me the Horizon has yeah. all, every album. It's, it's cool, too, because Bring Me the Horizon, as they've released albums, is when I've like started to transition my music taste kind of yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like, yeah. like when Count Your Blessings and Suicide Season were around I was super into that really heavy deathcore mm-hmm. Death and then when like There's a Hell and like Semper Eternal that's mm-hmm. when like I was in After Our Animals and started like experimenting with new styles of singing right. or like yes. screaming and everything and then like with their like newer stuff like now I'm like working on like pop music and everything right. too and it's just it's kind of funny to see like my favorite band has like evolved with my style and with mm-hmm. what I'm playing too so yeah yeah how did that video come about with uh after our animals after i was animals they had <clears throat> i'm trying to think of what it was called uh it was like three words in the title was that all it takes all it takes that's it so that was our um our newest uh single that we came out with uh this year and so it's funny because like yeah, I saw the disclaimer, the COVID disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's super know. relevant. So like with Abide by Me, or sorry, with After Our Animals, we were a band for a while, and we did stuff like you know we like we had like a really good run for a while, and then we just like we got ended up we were like touring and stuff, and then on one of our tours we got robbed, and just everybody was defeated. We got like yeah. all of our personal, no, no equipment, but all of our personal. Was it in St. Louis? It was. Oh <laughs> man! How the because did you know? That? I swear to God, there was like a time you'd always see it on Land Goat. <laughs> Everybody got robbed. I swear it's, to God, it was at the Foo Bar in St. Louis. Yeah, everybody got robbed. We were playing. Oh, at, everybody we were got playing robbed. At, I survived the Foo Bar unrobbed. See, so. we were playing at Firebird. <laughs> okay, but we were at the Qdoba right by Foo Bar when we our see, van got broken um, into. Everybody, I can I can tell you there was like it was there was a period of time it had to be like a full year. Every band would post they got robbed. It was always in St. Louis and it was always after they played the Foo Bar. Yep. Yep, it was yeah, wild. Had, our stuff was like, all our bad tour stories are like the deep south. Like, <laughs> you're like we're never going to Mississippi like, again. <laughs> like, y'all ain't from around here. Stories, yeah, this is yeah every band stuff. that got robbed, like recently, Full of Hell was on tour and at the Foop. Like, oh, they, dude, it was, it was, they, all, they it was literally like it, uh, like a. 
like the was the Bermuda Triangle for yep. like bands touring. You went like, in and you would not go come out there, with your you know? gear. Like your shit like, was getting it was, stolen. Oh man, it was awful. But I mean, like so we like we broke up for a while. I started like another band. That band, you know, went for a little while and everything. And then I, you know, started my solo project. And then like halfway through like being, you know, in like on uh, like the label I'm on now and like my solo project. What Nick label and I was that? Uh, N43 Records. N43, okay. And then, like, Nick and I, Nick was on the label, too, and we were, like, talking about, like, why don't we get After Our Animals back together? We had such a cool thing, and it was so much fun. Yeah. So, on my, like, first solo tour, uh, Nick came with me and played guitar, and the other guitar player of After Our Animals came with, too, and we, like, decided, like, we had this crazy party night that was just wild that... Oh, that was just a wild night. And, <laughs> like, the... Um, Go on. The story... Okay, so, like, I know we, like, I don't want... We'll keep this in. <laughs> so, like, we were, we're, like, you know, partying and everything. And, like, my, uh, I hit up a friend from, like, high school and was like, hey, I'm on tour with my solo project and, like, another band called mm-hmm. American Bandit. Shout out to American yep. Bandit. Okay. And I was like, we need, like, a place to crash and everything. Can we crash at your place? We're in uh, Minnesota. And he's like, yeah, dude, absolutely. You and, the, like, the band you're with, you're more than welcome to come back. So we go back there, and then they end up, like, he, like, his roommate has, like, a couple friends over, and we end up going out to a bar, and we end up, like, drinking and, like, partying until bar closed, and then they bring the entire bar back to his place, (laughs) and we're all partying and everything, and there's this guy, his name's Playboy, coolest guy, super nice, and he's, like, genuinely interested in our music and, like, everything, and you can tell he's just, like, he's just a partier, you know, and everything. And he He's telling us all here. this like stuff and everything. And like br- like prior mm-hmm. to this, like the whole night, Nick and I and Jason kept talking, like, you know, like we should get after our animals going. We should get after, you know, like we oh, well, let's talk about in the morning. We're drunk right now, kind of a thing. And then this guy, Playboy, is like pulls out a large amount of cocaine and puts it down on the table and decides to do a giant line in front of us and then goes regenerated <laughs> and like we all look at each other and we're like what the fuck your face was priceless <laughs> and like we wake up the next day and we're all if hot- you're listening to this just know there was an animatronic robotic gesture that went along for the regenerated you have to imagine that part and we're like we're in the van we're all hung over and everything and I just see Nick on his laptop and he's like tabbing out a song and everything and I'm like what are you doing he's like I'm writing the, the first after our animal song <laughs> and I'm like I'm like okay and he's like he's like it's gonna be called regenerate <laughs> and I was like Right. Okay. Who could do, who could argue with that? So and, solid logic, right? So we come out with this like you know like we put out this like EP that we like never originally put out back when like we were originally a band. We just like got remastered and re-released it okay. and everything. And then we put out regenerated, and then we followed <laughs> it up with all it takes. And all it takes kind of follows the premise of that. It's just like literally about like like Nick pretty much like we like we were like we're writing it about like. Wh- like what it takes like what it's like like living day to day and just like you know getting through the day and everything mm-hmm. especially what it was like to like write, like think back about like what it was like living day to day without something like after our animals because it was like such that. a huge part to us like even after after our animals broke up like i started the band called Monorail central that i loved that was yeah. my baby that was mm-hmm. my project and everything 
and it never felt the same as After Animals. Yeah. Even like I love my solo project, I love being a solo artist, but it just never felt like After Our Animals. You always have that one band that always you wish you could go back to, or that's something yeah. that's always set the bar. For. Absolutely, especially we had so many cool operas. Like we got to play Warp Tour, mm-hmm. and like I remember, like like earlier I was saying like how I love being as an ocean. Yeah. When we played Warp Tour, we played at the same exact time as Being as an Ocean, and um, a bunch of our friends who like you know went back and forth from being as an ocean to us <laughs> we're like congratulations you outdrew being as an ocean Dude. and i was like that's so cool right, you know crazy, kind of yeah. like that and then like um we got all these cool opportunities with the band and just like we were kind of like why did we give it up kind of a thing you know yeah. and like now we're back and we're full force so yeah yeah what does it look like pursuing that now in the year 2021 COVID definitely messed a lot up for us. We had a like a a, a comeback show that was mm-hmm. planned with like Dreamhouse, American Bandit, um, these fading visions, like a bunch of like our like good friends mm-hmm. and like you know like the pretty much what is the local scene right now. Yeah. Um, okay. And we had like two tours planned and all this stuff, and obviously none of that can be happening. Yeah. So we're just grinding out singles. Putting sure. out music videos. We're releasing a video on January fourteenth uh, uh, for a song that uh, we like shot and filmed ourselves because our drummer's our videographer. Okay. Um, and then I'm actually going up north this Saturday to film a, another music video for a new song and everything too. So we're just grinding it out, just yeah. like honestly trying to keep up with like I like in a, a you know like a COVID music scene yeah. where yes. it's the internet. Pretty much. That's all it is right now, so. When I'm listening to how you're experiencing this and, you know, what the highlights are for you, is, you know, that moment where you look out and, like, there's a crazy pit and, like, the connection you have on stage with people and, like, obviously you miss that and is there any way of sort of recreating that or or are you just kind of battening down the hatches until you can get back at it? Um... It's hard because, like, definitely the my favorite part about being like being in a band and everything like that is like the live shows mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. And like, it's so cool to see like you know like we for the first time ever um, on any musical project I've ever had, we hit a hundred thousand streams on the song on okay. Spotify uh, for our song Regenerated. And I think <laughs> I love that. That's I know the one. now that's all you're gonna. Think I love about. That that's the one. It's so funny too because um, some of our friends that were on the tour with us, like in American Band and everything, yeah. when we announced that we were coming out with a new song, we're generated. They were just like, "What the fuck? Shut <laughs> up!" Like, <laughs> you know, like, and like, uh, I mean, like, it's so cool to see like these big streams and like you know see like our videos doing really well and getting like a really awesome responses. Yeah. But it's nothing compared to playing live shows. Right. Like I mean, yeah. like it's, like here's some numbers. Yeah, exactly. Right. The like, human element. It's kind of that. disheartening to be completely honest. Yeah. I mean, like I see like why bands have been giving up, but like I feel like I like this thing I was the most excited about with After Animals getting back together yeah. was besides the new music, besides mm-hmm. everything, I was so excited to play in this band again mm-hmm. live for people and everything. And the fact that that was just like, like you know, like like many other bands out there mm-hmm. and everything was like kind of ripped away was just super disheartening. Yeah. But it's like the... I just got to keep going until I can play shows again. Yeah. You know? Have you guys like, thought about doing like a live stream like Code Orange did, which was actually really good? Like... Because they're, they're kind of taking the more, like, theatrical side and kind of really making a, a new type of, I guess, live show for this COVID era. Totally. Um, we did, like, a live version of All It Takes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, we did, like, a one-shot All It Takes and everything, <clears throat> and uh, it was cool. It was really fun. But, mm-hmm. again, it's, like, I don't know, like, it's even, like, 
as like a metal vocalist, <clears throat> I don't know if you could like will feel the same way about it, like from when you were in sleep. Okay. But um, it was it's like when I'm in the studio and I'm like you know like I can scream, I can do this mm-hmm. and whatever. But it's not like when you're playing right. in front of people, you yeah, know, like it's and they are right yeah, on the you know, other side like, of keep, the mic. Like you make noises, you're like I can't believe I sounded like that right. last yeah. night. What the like? Why yeah. can't I do that in the studio? It's because like you're feeding off the energy mm-hmm. that people yeah. are giving you and everything, and like. Yeah. It's hard. Like I, I don't know. Like I don't think there's anything like the feeling you get when you play live music. No, there nothing isn't. comes close. I mean, yeah. like you can do, you can drink any alcohol, you can do any drug, and nothing will come close to that high of like yeah. people. Like when a song finishes and that last snare hit, and you just hear people like cheer. You yeah, know, yeah. like yeah. I don't know, like. You, I mean, like we, like we all talk about it too. We all like a lot of our band chat is a lot of like, God, I just wish we could play shows, you know. Sure. But like, it's kind of like, we have to, you have to adapt, yeah. like right. you know. So like, and if if you don't adapt, you just have to accept that it's just, you know, like yeah. what are you gonna do? It's either you give up or you adapt. And like we're adapting, and we're gonna do it as long as we can, and hopefully just like be able to play shows within the next couple of years, like kind of yeah. a thing. Yeah. So, so do you, I mean. Part of what we're trying to do with this is kind of even like, I think some I think some people are you know are continuing on in music, and some people this was a chapter of their life, and for whatever reason it still is significant right. to them. But you know they have a day job and they you know do whatever, and so just to even get to what is the scene essentially, and I think you know I think you're right. Like we're all chasing the high of being on mm-hmm. stage yeah. and being together and like a mosh pit is erupting across the whole room. But, like, are, like, is that all? Like, are we are we just addicts chasing a high? Or, like, why this high? Well... Why, why music? You know, why this I've, kind of music? Mentally, too, like, this 2020 has been, like, mentally probably, like, the hardest year, like, personally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, I've always, like, kind of suffered from, like, anxiety and, like, depression mm-hmm. and everything. But, like... The music scene has always been my escape for that. Like, when I, like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I've just gone to shows because, like, I want to go to shows. I, like, I love going to shows. Mm-hmm. I go to shows just to talk to people. <clears throat> I go to shows to drink a beer and smoke a cigarette while right. I'm, like, talking to people I only ever see at shows, you know? Yeah. It's a big social thing for me. It's something that keeps it's me... It's a low social contract, too. You just have to be there. Oh, yeah, right. you know? Exactly. That's it. Like, you don't like, have to do anything. I don't know, like... The crazier I, you dress, the better. Exactly. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's something that, like, I miss it, man. I miss, like, I saw this, like, this uh, TikTok video when it was, like, when you miss shows so much, so you blast, like, your favorite breakdown uh, so you can hear it while you're in the bathroom. Yes, to recreate I saw that, that one. You know what I mean? Like, to recreate <laughs> being in the bathroom at a venue. Like, yes. You know, mm-hmm. and, like, I don't know, I just... And, like, I took it, I definitely took it for granted, like, which I never will again, and, like, it's just, like, I work, like, 40 hours a week, obviously, you know, to pay for, like, you know, I have a baby now and everything, mm-hmm. and my home, yeah. and family, and all this stuff, and everything like when that. When did that happen? Uh, this year. This year? Yeah. Right. So Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. She's turning four months tomorrow. Wow. So, yeah, so. Little girl, what's her name? Little girl, her name's Nora. Nora. All right. Yeah. So, like. Named after the From All Within EP, obviously. I'm uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> But, wow, that's, that's a throwback. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> wow. But, like, I just, I don't know, like, I, the music scene is something that's so special and so important, and that's why there's people like, like, um, 
it's a, it's a reason why I, even though I've never been big into hardcore <clears throat> music mm-hmm. or anything like that, why I adore the hardcore scene so much. Yeah. Like, I, it like, there's, like, it Michael Slowski, Tom Hively, J.J. Kaiser, yes. all those guys that were just, like, grinding out shows. And all I could think about was, like, why isn't the metal scene doing stuff like this, yeah. you know? And it's, yeah. like... Like what or Bob, you know, like all these people that dedicated <laughs> so yep, much. Big Bob. Shout out to Bob, dude. Yeah, Bob. Like, shout out to Bob, Bob, a lot. Bob and Tom. Hyman. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly. <laughs> but like, I owe so much of the music scene, like my friendships, my mm-hmm. everything. You like my ideals, like and every. I don't know, like it's something that's so important to me that I just can't. Like I, I wish I could explain what the scene means to me and meant mm-hmm. to me, like. Some of the people that were my heroes, like, when I first started in the scene, I'm friends with now. Like, I remember yeah. looking up to, like, you know, like, you and Ian and Sammy, and, yeah. like, you guys are my friends now, you know? I like, remember talking to you, like, you and, like, some of your, so probably some of the Abide By Me guy friends would, like, come into Spencer yes, Gifts. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I forgot you were there. Yeah, dude. I remember we walked in. Spencer Gifts. I remember we walked in. I kids and be like, you're wearing a, you know, a shirt. What's dude, up? Absolutely. And then you would come in. Yes. I, yeah, I remember it. you commented I was wearing a burning season hoodie. You're like, is that a burning season hoodie? <laughs> Oh, well, really? Yeah. You came in there one Yeah, I came in there once and I, this is still when you had super long hair. Oh, yeah. And you were just like, is that the burning season hoodie? I mean, like, the scene too has even, like, taught me, like, you know, half the time it's disturbed. Or, you know, <laughs> I, I, get, I get really excited. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, okay. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. The, the, the scenes definitely taught me to, like, almost, like, not to be, like, like I'm a role model, but how to be a role model for people, like, that are, like, first getting into music and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, a kid that I was a manager for um, a couple years ago, like, hit me up right around the time COVID, like, first hit and was like, I realize I have a passion for music and I really want your help. Like, you know, like, like I know you have recording stuff. Could you help me out? And I helped him write and record like an entire like EP and everything like that. And like, I just remember like being younger and just like, like how like hard it was getting like your foot in the door, like starting, you know, like, like again with like a bye bye me, like, you know, people like were making fun of us at first, you know, and everything. And then there were bands like, sleep that were always mm-hmm. so like welcoming to us or like um the guys in the night the chalet or nice. oscillus you know and everything yes. like that and yeah. like oh, i just awesome. like all these guys were my heroes and people i looked up to and everything and i feel like it's like it's my job now to like take the torch and keep it going right. you know like yeah. and like i don't know i feel like i'm gonna be that guy that's like 35 years old and still like you know Grinding in the scene, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know, I feel I like personally like, attacked. I think the scene needs people like that, and I right. want I want to be somebody like that. I want to be somebody that's always like like seeing newer bands coming up and like going out and supporting them when they yeah. do that, or like sharing their posts and everything like that. Or like I think a music scene is so important, and it's more important than people like even understand. Like it's even like like with N43, like. It's a community of artists that, like, work together, that, mm-hmm. like, strive to, like, like help each other out. Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I've, like, hit up one of the engineers, like, Jesse, uh, Jesse Carl, who's in the band uh, Clear Pioneer. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've just been like, dude, my interface just crapped out of me. Where can I get, like, a new one? And he's like, oh, dude, come over. I got it. Like, I got one for you. Just come pick it up, you know? And it's, like, I feel like it it is, like, a family. And, like, people think that's, like, cliche or people will be like, oh, screw the scene. The scene's not, like, what it used to be. But that's because it's always developing and changing. And it's developing for the new audience that's Mm -hmm. coming into it. There's a whole lot of expectations that are stacked and colored by the past. And 
And I guess just as long as we're thinking about the future, like, um, we don't yet know what it's going to be like to come out of this pandemic time, right. but, like, I'm just thinking about the live scene. Was it, I guess, do you have any ideas on how do you, how do you rebuild that post this insanity? I like to think that a lot of people realize that they took advantage of the, what they had. Right. Me being one of them, and I went out to a good amount of shows, but there was definitely times where I was like, you know, I can always catch a show next weekend. Yeah. You know, and now there isn't a next weekend. And that kind of thing. That's kind of what I said too. Is like I'm gonna go to pretty much every damn show that I can when <laughs> this starts. Abs- like yeah. I don't even care. Like Tuesday night, I'm there. Like, yeah. I think it's gonna be one of those things where if we if the scene's gonna come back, like. It's going to be, because, yeah, back in the day, like, you'd see a band, and they're like, a Tuesday night, you're like, uh, I don't want to go. They'll play next weekend, and now yeah. it's just like, yeah. Now it's like, fuck it, I'll go get a beer. You yeah. know, like, I'll mm-hmm. hang out and have yeah. a good time. Um, and, I mean, like, especially, like, you know, like, I know she's obviously still very young, but, like, having, like, a <clears> daughter <throat> and everything, like, I want her to have something like I had. Like, my music scene was, like, when I was, like, you know, like, like I said, like, I have a really hard time with, like, you know, my mental health and everything mm-hmm. like that. The scene was like an escape for me, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like we're like I remember getting dumped one time and going to a Cain and Abel show and going in the pit and Sammy K <laughs> hit me in the face and chipped my teeth <laughs> and I remember thinking like, did he really? That oh yeah, I, about right. I, I, I mean I knew he would have hit. I you, had but lip did rings. I had lip rings in and he hit me super oh. hard. Already, like I still it still chipped, but like I remember coming out there and being like. Hell yeah. You know, like, that got me, like, it sounds so dumb, but it's, like, something about, like, you know, like, you deal with this, like, crap every day. You go to school, and you deal with, like, you know, people lecturing you, do this and that and everything. You have to be a certain way. You have to act a certain way. And when you're at, the like, a a local show, none of that matters. Yeah. None of that crap matters. Like, you have people that are there for you, that can comfort you, that can stand by you, that will support you. And, like... Your problems are much simpler. Exactly. I just got to get people pumped and try not to get punched in the face, right? Exactly. And... Yeah. And, like, with my music, it's such an open book. Like, I feel like, like, there's um, an After Our Animal song called Myself in My Head. And there's a spoken word part that I wrote when I was probably, like, I was in one of the lowest states I've ever been in, like, in my whole life. And I remember when I wrote that spoken word part, I was like, wow, this is probably uh, a little too much for people. Like, you know, this is pretty, pretty on the nose. And then when we played our final show when After Our Animals was first like first broke up when that spoken word part came on that we we like we sold out the Miramar and almost the entire crowd got on the stage and lifted me up and was screaming it in my face and I couldn't help it just like I was like crying and like there's people like in a crowd crying because I mean like all these people like they're like they were all like to me that's them being like I know what that feels like I know that feeling you know and like connecting with people like that is such an important thing and I don't think you get that from like big shows or like from like going to the rave go, you know like and like okay. I don't think you get that from like going to Summerfest and mm. like everything like that I think yeah. that's something that's so personal and so important like I will never forget that uh, one of the sleep final shows um, it was the part in Lost in the Call where, you know like we're the last chorus or like when Sammy goes like you have forgotten yeah. and I remember yes. you guys cut the music and it was just Sammy singing that first line at first and then the drums went like and like kicked back into it okay and I don't like, even remember that. Dude, but that's well, I just I will never forget when he said the "You have forgotten." Like the entire crowds, uh, like arms in the air, shouting that, and yeah. that was like a connect. Like I don't know, like everybody yeah. in the room was connected. You know, we were on like, the same page for once. Yeah, know? and like I think, like you know, 
it's, I don't know, it's just like, I could vent about the music scene being amazing, and obviously there are issues in everything, you know, and like, there's things that you can complain about and be upset about, but like, at the end of the day, the Milwaukee music scene is something that is so special. Right, yeah. And so amazing, and I've seen people come together in the scene in so many ways, and like, I don't know, like, it's just... I don't think there's anything like it. And I oh, don't, yeah. th- I like, I hear about, like, scenes in other places and everything, but I don't think anything, like, like, Milwaukee is, our, like, our music scene matters. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really, really does, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, I really hope that after COVID and everything, it's just, like, it's almost like a phoenix. You know, like, yeah. it just comes right. back <laughs> bigger and better, like. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're all hoping for, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. So anything you would leave us with, Armin, just in terms of, like, yeah, like, how would you sum your story in the scene? Uh, man, everything. I, I've loved, I've lost, um, you know, I've felt on top of the world, i felt my lowest and everything, and I, I think a huge part of, like, when I tell my, like, daughter about, like, my life and growing up and who I am today, it ultimately revolves around the Milwaukee music scene and the people I've met from it and everything like that. Like, I've met all of the most important people in my life because of this music Mm -hmm. scene. When, like, a lot of the people that, like, you know, I have a couple friends from high school that I knew before I was in the music scene that I'm still friends with, but, like, ultimately, the people I'm closest to are the people I walked up to at a Deadweight show and was like, hey, man, my name's Armand, what's your name? You know? Mm -hmm. Like, and... I don't know, I just... The Milwaukee music scene and my journey with it is just, it's my life. Okay. It's part of who I am, so. Awesome, man. I mean, that's pretty much all I had unless anybody yeah, else I mean, to get anything. That kind of covered Steve, any counsel for us? Mm, I like, I like to, I mean, I always like, I'm a big fan of rock and roll stories, so can be any kind of rock and That's roll story. That's true. We might need a rock and roll story. Do you have, yeah. like, a tour story where you did something yeah. crazy regenerate happen? Regenerate. You did give us the yeah. regenerate. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. good. <laughs> I like to regenerate. That was... Uh, so, yeah, I have a... Oh, man. Cocaine story from... <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of rock and roll stories with cocaine. Uh, um, <laughs> I feel like there was a time when I was on tour with my band, um, Monorail Central, and um, my brother-in-law came uh, with us because... Uh, he didn't have a job at the time, so he was driving us around. And it was me, uh, my buddy John, my buddy Caleb, and Jason. And we all got this good idea that Sean was going to drive. And we're like, oh, let, like, let's all take some acid real quick and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> we got like real a quick. We got six real quick. quick. Like, we, got, we got like a six hour car ride. Fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> so everyone takes the acid. And then as we're sitting in the car, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, oof, I feel an anxiety attack. This is a bad idea. And I just slip the acid out of my mouth and just kind of like, Toss yeah, him like I'm not gonna tell anybody I did that, and <laughs> the whole way we're like we're driving, we're driving, and uh, Jason's in the front seat, and we're playing um, Sergeant Pepper's album, <laughs> and I just see Jason, you know, doing like of course you are, he's like lean back in the seat, doing like the you know the surfing out yep. the window with his hand, <laughs> and I'm like okay, Jason's vibing, and I look behind me, and like Caleb's sitting in the back of the van with all the equipment, like with his seat facing like the back windows. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's looking back at, like, what we're leaving behind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Caleb, what are you doing back there? And he just turns around, wow! And then turns around, and I'm like, okay. And then I look at John, I'm like, how you doing? He's like, not well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, at one point, it's, like, it's at the height, it's, like, at the height of, like, I am the walrus. And, like, Ooh. it's, like, everything's going on, and I just see John, like, in slow motion, 
leaning forward from the bench and just lean forward and hit the power button for the stereo and lean back. And Jason just, oh. And John's like, we got to stop. And so... We stop at Kansas City. Have you ever seen the movie Hot Rods? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like somebody put a top hat on and just like glide <laughs> off the screen. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like that's what it feels like. Yes. Right we, we stop at Kansas City because we're going to Topeka. We're playing a show in Topeka. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, Kansas City is amazing. So everybody else is like coming off their ass and everyone's in these like weird moods and everything. And we're all talking about how amazing Kansas City is. And it's kind of bringing life to everybody. Everyone's feeling good, feeling good. And we're like, all right, this city's amazing. There's, it's a city that literally has Wi-Fi. The whole city has Wi-Fi. Huh. What? It's pretty cool, yeah. But we're like, all right, let's let's make it to Topeka. Let's go. I can't I I can't wait to see what the capital of Kansas is like. If this is how cool <laughs> Kansas City is, things and we're that you never thought you'd say. We're driving and we get to, we get to Topeka, and it's so run down. And it's just like, are like, you guys still tripping at this? At this uh, point? I, I, so like, I had like a little bit, but because I took it out so early, yeah. I didn't get hit by it. Okay. But everybody is at that like weird point of like acids over, and I'm in a weird place, <laughs> and I don't want to be here. And we're just like at Topeka, and everybody's just like got this look on their face, like, oh. No, like... You went from Mars to Topeka. Exactly, <laughs> like, and then it was just, oh my gosh, I just remember playing, we played for my brother-in-law, um, the guy that was passed out at the bar, and the bartender who was cheering us on, and then there was a biker gang outside. Okay. And I just remember <laughs> playing, we ended up getting this hotel room, and then we just partied on through the rest of the night by ourselves, woke up all feeling terrible and rolled up from there. <laughs> so, and then like a couple weeks later when it was fine, like I was like, yeah, I actually didn't take the acid. Everybody was like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, Betrayal. And I was like, it are you kidding? Yeah, except you're like, I didn't. Like, I saw how you guys are all doing. You guys so. are vibing. I just didn't want to ruin it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm just chilling, dude. Right. Like, I, like, I think I said something like, yeah, the acid didn't work for me. I don't know. Like, I must have gotten the bad part of it. Like, uh, and then at the end of that tour, we got wrapped too, so. Oh, so that's good. In St. Louis. Happy ending. Okay. Saint, second time in Yeah, Louis? don't go to St. Louis. Telling you. I, did, I didn't get robbed that time because I, I warned everybody. Bad, I told everybody, I'm like, I got robbed here before. I'm not leaving my backpack. And everyone's like, calm down. Let's watch the Packer game. I'm like, okay. And, then you and I'm watching the, get, the van, the van. Like, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. And someone's like, dude, just try and relax. Have fun. Let's go get a drink. I'm like, okay. Walk away. Get a drink. Come back. Someone goes to check on the van. Everything's gone. <laughs> All roads from hell lead through St. Louis. Absolutely. It's literally true. They don't call it misery for nothing. Exactly. <laughs> I know some dudes down there that would be very upset about this. And there's a lot of nice people. have to be on the show. It's oh, and I will say, when After Our Animals did get robbed that time when we played Firebird, mm-hmm. the promoter was felt so bad for us, he literally gave us our guarantee for not, even though we were like, we can't play because our backtracks got stolen and everything. Yeah. And uh, he was like, here's your guarantee. Get home safe. Hey, and, man. Like, yeah. So... It almost never happens. That's yeah, like, I know. That's so like, that, that you're guaranteed. Like, trust me. It's well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good time. Like I was like, that's the most I've ever gotten paid on like a, a show on tour, and we didn't even play. Like okay. everyone just felt bad for us. <laughs> so yeah. thanks, guys. Like, <laughs> wow. Well done. All right. Is that a wrap? Do we think we need anything else? I feel like yours was, yours was shorter, but that's okay. About an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That was about Tom's Tom's length. That's true. That's so. what she said. Hey! Shout out to Tom. All right, man, dude, awesome. thank you for coming. Yeah, dude, this thanks for having really me. This so is awesome. I love doing this stuff, so. Yeah. I, lo- I think um, 
to be a scene kid is to be a band kid, basically. I think uh, so. Even if you're not in a band, you kind of get it, but like everyone has a story to tell. That's oh, like, yeah. that's the that's why you get oh, up there yeah. and start yelling Absolutely. at people. Absolutely. I mean, like there's people so. like even like um you could ask somebody like Alex McLafferty, yeah. who you always went to shows about. Or ask Tito. Or Tito. Oh, Tito. Tito. That guy has. Don't they that, Tito. That guy's probably got the most records for being knocked out in pits ever. Like, right. that dude has been knocked dude. out more times than I can count. Yeah. Dude, have, like, oh, yeah. Oh, it was. Out? Like, what is he doing? Oh, my God. I remember. I haven't talked to him in a while. I remember when I, he. Wasn't he locked up at one point? He was. I because so. there was a free Tito show. There oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's I remember right. Free Tito. I will and never I was forget. Like, this doesn't seem good. When for he Tito got right I, he got knocked out one time at a show, and uh, a girl, uh, an ex girlfriend of mine, um, I remember she like made a joke, being like, "It's like that guy from Not Another Teen Movie that has like the concussion counter." It's literally <laughs> yeah. like, that. like I remember the rave banned him from attending shows because he got he'd get so knocked much. out consistently, like every single yeah, show. Tito on here. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. Half the time I saw him, he was bleeding. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Usually from the face. Yeah. Like, the one time I never saw him ever get knocked out is when we played a show at the the at the old armory in Whitewater, and he was doing oh, security. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yet... He was doing security? He had a shirt. He could take a punch. Because we... I guess not well. We, what like, show was that? Oh, Why? God. Does that sound so it was, familiar? It was with... I remember it was, like... Uh, I think it was, actually... It was, like, with Rooks. It was with Belay okay. My Burial... Um, and it was down in Whitewater, and we were getting, a wretch material was getting it filmed by Rico Roman from... Rico! This, yeah, Rico. He's someone I thought of, too. If yeah, like, that'd be pretty sweet. Rico he was filming it, and we were like, we're gonna need, someone's like, he's like, do you guys have security? I'm like, well, we know this guy Tito, like, no one's gonna, <laughs> no one's gonna mess with him, because everybody knows him, so, oh, yeah. like, there's videos of him with his security shirt just throwing down in the pit. Yes. Dude, Tito was always a good guy. Yeah. He was a really good guy.